0: You're listening to episode 53 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to do a review of the Keys 100 Relay. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey, runners, welcome to episode 53. And we are back. We were just here yesterday doing our intro, if you hadn't checked it out yet, and if you're interested in knowing who we are and why we are making this podcast, we invite you to go back to listen to that episode But today, we are actually going to do a little race review. So we're going to talk about the Keys 100 Relay, which took place last weekend.
1: So start us from the beginning. Can you give us more information about the race?
0: Yes. So it's the Keys 100 Relay. It's 100 miles from Key Largo to Key West. It's every third Saturday in the month of May. I think we had 800 people this year due to COVID. And it's a flat and hot race.
1: Not a lot of elevation in the Keys, except for bridges.
0: Not a lot of elevation, nope, but it's definitely a hot race.
1: Speaking of hot, what's the one portion of the race has a nickname for being hot?
0: It's called Hell's Tunnel.
1: Yeah, that gives you a little indication, I guess, right? Yeah. So, who is your team?
0: So the way this really works is that you get a team of six runners if you want. Of course, there's the options of doing 100 miles as an individual or doing 50-mile races, etc. So in our case, we had a team of six runners, so we had Wes, which is our family friend by now. I know him through running. He's probably one of the best runners in Southwest Florida. Super strong, never complains. Then we had Tasha, and she's an amazing triathlete. She's also very positive and encouraging. Then we had Patrick, who's also another strong runner who loves trail running and an active lifestyle. He's super fun and nice to be around. Then we had another Ryan, not, not my me. Ryan. <laughs> And we kind of didn't know him that well because he had just joined our running group. And he was crazy because he actually got married the day after the 100-mile relay. So he was kind of there on his bachelor party day, I guess, to run this 100-mile relay, which that alone makes him a cool dude. And then we had Matt, who's also a fun guy, super nice. And then, of course, we had Tom, who was kind enough to be our driver all day long. And then you had yours truly.
1: Tell us about your training.
0: So I don't think any of us really aimed to train for this race. We were all running regularly and went into it without doing any specific training for this.
1: So can you walk us through, I guess it's not really a race day, but the race weekend.
0: Yeah, so the starting line was located in Key Largo, which is in the Keys, which is southeast Florida. We live on the west coast of Florida, so we rented a van, which for our team was, uh, I think it was a six-person van, and haha, picked up the team and drove over to the Holiday Inn in Key Largo. We any, travel- any,
1: like, crazy adventures or incidents on the way over there? <laughs>
0: So where do we start? We were planning on being in Key Largo in the Keys around 12 o'clock. So in order to make that happen, we would have had to leave our city at 9 a.m. That meant that the driver and the captain were going to pick up the rental car at 8 o'clock, and they were meeting up at 7.30 a.m. in order to do all that, along with another team member. Well, it was only the captain and the driver that went and picked up the rental car, so... It took them longer than expected. I guess there was a line at the rental car place. And then after that, they had to pick up that third team member that never showed up at their house. And then I think around 1030, everybody showed up at my house. And before they arrived, they asked me how much luggage I was bringing. And you know you know me, I'm not a big packer. I had one bag and that was it. But, you know, we didn't realize that a minivan didn't have that much space in the bag which would accommodate our bags plus the coolers. So everybody got here and then (laughs) you were there. We're all in the driveway jumbling around trying to compress these big bags of chips and oranges and everything else that we had to make room for our luggage. And eventually we decided we're just going to take everything anyway. Then we picked up another person and then, of course, before we even got to the freeway, we stopped at the grocery store to get some more stuff. And, um, yeah, I think we arrived in Key Largo at maybe 3 or 3.30 p.m. So a <laughs> little bit later than expected after a couple of stops.
1: So you're in Key Largo.
0: So that from there, we went to the Race Expo, which was a drive through expo. Everybody was wearing masks and that was... You know, one of the reasons that the race organizers probably got the permit because of COVID times, the race almost didn't take place, but they probably okayed it because there was a drive through expo. Normally, like I said, there's vendors. I remember running this race in 2016 and there were sunglasses and all kinds of swag, which is what we runners love so much. But instead, it was a drive through expo. And there was a photo op, which was a blow up starting line that was located behind some kind of building. Um, Of course, we went and took a picture and it was exciting because we had each other to get excited for this race.
1: So post expo, anything exciting happened?
0: Yeah. So from the post expo, we went to... Our rooms checked in and we were staying, as I mentioned, at the Holiday Inn, which is a lovely hotel. It has a nice little courtyard with a swimming pool, a hot tub, and a, a bar. So it was really kind of cool. One of those tiki-looking things. And, so you uh, got
1: you in the spirit of being in the Keys?
0: Yes, absolutely. If you're not from there. All right. So we did forget shoe polish. And everybody there has shoe polish because you decorate your van. You're supposed to write onto your van your bib number so the race marshals can tell who is who. So we had to run out and get shoe polish. I stopped and got some Himalayan salt because I don't know. Regular like...
1: salt's not good enough?
0: <laughs> no, it tastes better. If so that
1: Himalayan salt pretty much ended up in your bag emptied by the end of the weekend. But anyway.
0: <laughs> no, half of it ended up in my Gatorade, but that Ooh. was on purpose. Um, I'll talk about that later. So we had to run to the store for that and um, Yeah, so after that, we checked into our hotel, which was the Holiday Inn.
1: Or otherwise known as the hotel. You really like this Holiday Inn. (laughs) Are we sponsored by Holiday Inn now?
0: (laughs) Okay, so after that, we headed back out again because we had dinner reservations at a Lazy Lobster restaurant that the team had picked which was all seafood, and uh, I think there was two salads that had no meat in them, which was wonderful, <laughs> being So sarcastic. for people
1: that don't know, you're a vegetarian?
0: <laughs> yes, and I actually ate shrimp that night.
1: Well, you're kind of technically pescatarian, so...
0: Uh-huh, and if I wasn't a pescatarian, I would have been a pescatarian that night.
1: You could have eaten the garnish and all the plates.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it was during that race dinner that we sat down, and I had printed out... The legs of the race. So basically there was a PDF you could print out that told you exchange points for the relay suggested exchange points. I have to say there was 39 of them. And for you guys that are listeners, I think that's a little bit excessive for a hundred mile run to have 39 exchange points. It, I thought that too in the beginning, but it absolutely made sense just because of the heat it's a really, really hot race. It starts early in the morning, but as soon as eight, nine o'clock rolls around, you're happy to only have legs that are two to three miles long. So as I mentioned, we sat down and we decided to We decided on a strategy on how to hand out those legs. We wanted to be fair and not hand them out evenly because we had some of our teammates that had been sick in the past and barely could join us. And, um, yeah. And as for pace, we looked at previous times, including my experience from five years ago, when I was pregnant, we had finished the race in 16 hours and at the time it had felt like a fast race. So we calculated that a 12 hour finish was going to be Too aggressive because it demanded an average of a seven minute, 12 second per mile pace. So it was at dinner that we decided that 14 hours was going to be a little bit more realistic given our abilities. So, yeah, so then we had dinner. We used those shoe polish paint thingies to paint the van, which ended up, as you already alluded to, being a big mistake. And we'll talk about that later. (laughs) And then we went back to our hotel. Um, I called you, I facetimed with the kids and then spent some time in the hot tub. And, uh, yeah, really liked that hotel. <laughs>
1: if Holiday Inn, if you're listening, you can sponsor us next year.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I doubt Holiday Inn is listening.
0: I doubt so too.
1: So tell us about your race morning.
0: So race morning, our starting time, designated starting time was at five at 539 a.m. They were starting in different waves due to COVID. Um, there's a current coffee machine. That I used, um, the filter broke, but the second cup of coffee was much better. I brushed my teeth and I put on my favorite race gear. And then we drove two minutes over to the starting line where the race started, which was kind of sad because all of us were required to stay in the van while only the team captain, the person that was starting the race relay, was allowed to start.
1: Team captain was?
0: Team captain was Wes.
1: And so how did the morning go?
0: So the morning went great. So Wes started the race, as I just said, and uh, it was kind of funny in the beginning, this very first leg, our first exchange was kind of funny because Wes got to the van and he stopped and we kind of chit chatted with him (laughs) before we sent Ryan, the second runner off. And we were kind of joking that this exchange took a couple of minutes rather than having it be something that was a bit more speedy. But when we started the race, we didn't realize we were going to get competitive later on. So then Ryan went off, started his run, and we were cheering him on. We were whistling. And uh, yeah, it was very fast moving. And it was about three hours into the race that we did the math and realized that we could do much better than we had expected. And that's when all of us turned competitive and continued running really fast or at least tried to. Uh temperatures didn't help. It was very humid. It was uh 80% humidity. Temperatures were in the upper 80s. It was pretty brutal and at times it felt like you couldn't run more than 2 miles at one time. So, but you know, the key to that would probably be to just do more heat runs and practice on practice in that scenario for next year.
1: I think at some point though, it's like it, it, it with the marathon, is there any limit to how many times you can switch off? I guess 30-some. What was the number of stops?
0: Yeah, there's 39 opportunities for an exchange. So, uh-huh. yeah. So,
1: like, to be fast this would probably be to exchange almost every time. Because even if you, it was cooler, you're still going to heat up as you run. And if you rotate people, they get a chance to cool off.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's what we did. We used every single one of those exchange points. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, despite complaining about the heat now, I actually... I'm one of those people that really don't mind the heat as much. We had an absolute blast just putting in those miles. And I think the heat only made it a bit harder because we're really, really pushing the pace. I mean, we ended up running really fast. So at that pace, of course, it's going to get more difficult. But we had plenty of refreshments in the van and we were... Pulling over, cheering each other on, honking at each other. Um, (laughs) while we're passing, I had my little rape whistle, rape whistle that I was using every time we passed runners. I'm sure they were rolling their eyes at the fact that there's this person that's whistling really loudly, but you know, that way I didn't have to scream. And it was just, a lot of fun. There was the ocean that you could look at because you do cross 40 different islands on your way down, running down the Keys. And of course, the plants and you run through little cities. And I don't know, it was just really, really cool.
1: So Letty, you told me you got penalized. 30 minutes, right? So what did you get penalized for?
0: Yes, we got a 30 minute penalty for crossing the road illegally. (laughs) which was kind of hard not to. I mean, if you're driving down the keys and you have 39 exchange spots, so there's 39 different times that you're pulling a van over, eventually, instead of reading every instruction to the very closest detail, you kind of look around and see where other runners are parked. So that's exactly what happened. So there's this place called the seven mile or there's a stretch called the seven mile bridge, which is the longest stretch. Our team captain Wes was running it. We pulled over to the right because we saw a bunch of cars parked on the right side of the road as well. And since we had to wait seven miles, I mean, seven 49 minutes because West runs pretty fast. So we crossed the street over to Oceanside and there was other relay people parked too. But we didn't think about it very much. We just went into the water and then eventually came back up to cheer on our runner. So when we got back up there, there was heavy cra- traffic going on. And when the drivers saw us trying to cross the road, they stopped and let us go. And we waved them, thank you. And next thing you know, the race marshal is there yelling at us saying, what are you doing? And (laughs) I thought he meant what's going on over there. So I briefly told him, oh, you know, the ocean's over there and you can walk into the water. It's really beautiful. (laughs) But he did not want to talk about that at all. He was mad. He introduced himself as the head race marshal and told us that we were not allowed to stop traffic. And then he got into his car. He was very mad. And when he took off, he rolled down his window and motioned for us to roll down our windows, and told us that we would be penalized with a thirty-minute penalty.
1: Okay, so moving on. How did the rest of the race go? Did you get? Were you able to blow it off?
0: So no, we actually weren't able to blow it off. I think it actually helped us continue running faster because we're all fueled in anger (laughs) with what had happened um, and use that as a motivator, you know, just when we were feeling tired and it was getting hot.
1: So you probably finished in the same time you would have.
0: (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) but you know, 30 minutes is a lot of time. It's like, I mean, it is a lot
1: yeah it's It's like a a whole
0: 20 second per mile
1: out of 11 hours or so
0: yeah yeah no that's true so we continued running like I said everybody continued going strong of course we're getting tired but we were also getting exhilarated by the fact that we kept passing mile markers and seeing how close we were getting to the finish line and then another thing that happened was Tasha's husband Was driving back down, and you were driving back down. And so I was kind of tracking you on a map, and it almost became like my own race against you. You beat me. I did beat you by foot. (laughs) So that was kind of cool. And we actually didn't realize how close we were to the 12-hour mark all the way up until our last leg. Tasha had the last leg, and while we were walking back to the car after she had already started running like two minutes into it, we realized that she had 18 minutes to complete the race and get us to the 12 hours. And her legs were two miles. So we jumped into the car, drove by her and yelled at her, you know, to tell her, look, we're almost going to make it. So let's finish. She was super excited. And then we all ran the last 0.6 miles together, crossing the finish line at 11 hours, 56 minutes.
1: Plus 30 minutes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, plus 30 minutes. We did get the penalty. (laughs) So, but I mean, that's fine. You know, in our heads, it's 11.56. So that's the time to beat for ourselves next year.
1: That's cool. So I guess what happened after the race?
0: So normally the Keys really has a big after party where they have a bunch of um, cookout and and beer and all that stuff. And they didn't have any of that, unfortunately.
1: Where do they do it at?
0: They do it at Higgs Beach in oh, Key I like West. That beach. Yeah.
1: Too bad. That sounds fun. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe next year.
0: Next year, they'll for sure have it if COVID is done. And uh it was kind of fun, too, to see Ryan, Run ryan Well, you're Run around too, I guess. Married. No, you're married, too. <laughs>
1: Oh, he wasn't married then
0: yeah so it was kind of cool to see bachelor ryan's family at the finish line because they were all taking videos and um you know they were celebrating him so yeah so that was great and then we met with you which was very shortly after that
1: the kids got to greet you
0: yeah that was fun and went to the southernmost point took some pictures and then um so we checked into a hotel after that took a nice hot shower and then met the team back out at caroline's for a post-race celebratory meal with everybody you the kids tasha her family and the whole team um ryan stayed with his family and was probably doing other stuff for his bachelor ryan bachelor ryan yeah the other ryan And and that was it. And then we walked around a bit more after that and went to bed and slept really well.
1: And then the next day, we all went home slowly, enjoying the keys on the way.
0: Yeah. So I actually rode back with you, with my family, and we were leaving slowly because you wanted to stop and do some water sports. You had gotten yourself a new foil board and wanted to try all that stuff out. And our team members were not going to meet up with us because they were going to leave at... I don't know, sometime in the morning so they would be home at a decent hour so people could return to their families. However, we kept on running into them. We ran into them at a beach, we ran into them at a gas station, and then I believe it was another gas station because they had tried to cross over Alligator Alley, which is this long stretch without a gas station, and then they had returned back because they didn't have enough gas, so we kept running into them, and um, they didn't get home till later same time as us all in all it was a great race experience
1: are you gonna do it again next year
0: i absolutely hope so i had a blast oh the one thing that we forgot to tell everybody was that we learned that shoe polish does not work on vans um the two last people dropping off the van tried to take it threw a car wash, and that was at 10 p.m. Neither one of them got home until 2 a.m. in the morning because it ended up having to scrub the van off of that shoe polish. Awful. Scrub the shoe polish off the van, not the van
1: off
0: the shoe <laughs> Did I say it wrong?
1: <laughs> yeah. Must have been hard to scrub the van off the shoe polish.
0: <laughs> well, we still have that shoe polish, though.
1: So. Maybe you scrub the shoe polish off the van.
0: Ryan, you better be nice. I'm going to use that shoe polish. You know where. I don't know where. <laughs> on your on your truck.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: where else? <he's> carry me. <laughs> All right. With that said, um. anyway, the experience was great. Almost kind of nostalgic. I felt kind of sad on the way home because I felt like, man, it's going to be a whole year until I get to run this race again. So that's how much I liked it. So anyway, now we're going to have the opportunity to interview the person that put this whole race together, Bob Becker, who is the race organizer of the Keys 100 Relay. We've interviewed him before just about ultra running because that's what he loves doing in episode 34. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you're welcome to do so. So let's hear from Bob. All right. So I'm here with Bob Becker. Bob, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Very, very glad to be here again, Luddy.
0: I wanted to reach out and congratulate you on this race that you organized, the Keys 100 Relays. We were just talking about this um, almost nostalgic experience because on our way back home, driving back home to Fort Myers from the Keys, we all kind of felt a little bit sad and bittersweet um, because we really enjoyed ourselves. And it was a bit of a bummer going back to reality and knowing that we're not going to have another race like that for another year <laughs>
2: <laughs> well it it is a unique experience you are running across over 40 islands and uh, not too many races in the states or anywhere else do island hopping <laughs> so yeah it's I, I get it um and i mean i'm very very glad you guys were able to come and enjoyed it and uh just got to experience the race it's it's just such a pleasure for me to to produce it every year and gonna hang out and see everybody and uh, you know, almost all the time it's people and really enjoying the experience. So it's very cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially because this year was quite a bit different than the previous years. Um, I remember having done this race. I slightly remember it because it's been such a long time. It was in 2016. And I remember there being a big expo the day before the race. And then of course, there was the Finish Line Festival that we were able to join. So I wanted to ask you just from your viewpoint, comparing this race to the previous years, what were the differences?
2: Well, with with the whole COVID experience, we were very lucky to be able to get a permit to put the race on at all. And knowing, especially a few months ago when the application for the permit started, that things were not in great shape, we had to meet the county uh, or present to the county a proposal that really limited person-to-person contact, which... Um, essentially meant that the whole social aspect of this race would have to go away this year. And people who chose to run it would be doing it just because they really wanted to get out there and run. And as it turned out, a lot of people did. We had 800 people register for the race. And and while it's still a little short of a typical year, it was a pretty good sized field. And while people missed the social aspects of it, they really still thoroughly enjoyed the you know, the opportunity to get out there and run and again, run in that particular environment. That's so beautiful. But yeah, I agree that even packet pickup in Key Largo before the race is very much a social experience and people see old friends and make new ones and just hang out. in addition to just picking up their stuff. So it's, it kicks off race weekend um, in a, in a very friendly way. I, and I, it's it's an important part of it and i'm certainly hoping we can return to that next year and then of course when you get to the finish line we erect that huge tent and go through in a typical year about 1500 burgers and 700 pieces of fried chicken and 50 <laughs> or 60 cases of beer and it's just a, a it's a great spot to r and r and again hang out and you know swap yarns about your race day experience and then on sunday we have the awards ceremony and Hundreds of people come to get their awards and cheer other people on. So, yeah, I mean, the race itself was, from the feedback I've received so far, successful people had a great time, but it missed necessarily this year the social aspect that I really hope we can bring back next year.
0: Right. I can see that. Although having this be a team relay we felt our team felt like we really did bond amongst each other just because you know how that works. You get together with people that you don't know super well. And by the end of this weekend, you pretty much know everything about them and, uh, yeah, and then also cheering on other teams and seeing them at the exchange points was also a very positive experience because, obviously, when we're all standing there, we do use that time to talk to each other, learn about each other, where they're from. So we still had a little bit of that um, social aspect at those points at the least. So, you know, you told us that there was 800 individuals um or 800 People participating in this race. How many individual runners were there for the fifty-miler and hundred-miler races?
2: The um, I can tell you for the 100 miler specifically because I just uh, checked the numbers a, a little while ago. Um, we had uh, a- about 180 registered, and actually 152 started the race. Of the 152 who started, and this is the hundred-miler who started. 106 finished, which was a finishing rate of a little under 70%, which is not atypical. I mean, usually somewhere between 65 and 75% finished. So it was kind of right there in the sweet spot. We always have a lot of people drop. It's a much tougher race than many people realize. So we had 106 finish uh, in the race. The the 50-miler, I can't tell you exactly how many started, but it was uh, probably around 70. Um, And then we also had another 23 or 24 50-mile three-person relay teams that started in marathon as well and did the 50-mile race.
0: Nice. I mean, those individuals are absolutely amazing, the ones that did the 100-milers and 50-milers. We obviously passed them because they they can't go as fast as we're trying to go with our little team, but we were cheering them on and just seeing the – suffering on their faces and yet knowing that they're not willing to quit was um, an experience in itself.
2: You know, it's, it's amazing that um, it, it's true. Of course, the relay teams generally finish well ahead of the individual runners, but not always. Um, the, the guy who, who broke Mike Morton's individual record two years ago, a hundred mile record, Brett Sanborn um, ran again this year. And while he was a little slower than he was two years ago. He still finished in just a little over 14 hours, which in fact is a lot faster than many of the relay teams. So, <laughs> so he on his own beat a number of relay teams to the finish line. And that does happen occasionally. He's pretty extraordinary.
0: He really is. We were following him and we talked to his supporting crew and we actually didn't pass him all the way up until I think I want to say around mile 30, which that in itself, I'm sure we pretty much started close to his starting time is just absolutely crazy and amazing at the same time.
2: Yeah, it was pretty extraordinary. We were at the finish line after 50 miles. He was on pace to break his own record. And, you know, he just... certainly what don't want to say fell apart because anybody that runs a little over 14 hours isn't falling apart at all. But he slowed down a little bit in the second half, Um, but still a, a phenomenal performance, still the third fastest time ever.
0: That's absolutely crazy. And it wasn't a cool day. There was not really a lot of clouds and it was pretty hot and humid this year. So that even goes to show even more so how strong this person is.
2: Yeah, that's true. I, we, when we first started the race 13 years ago, we actually chose May intentionally. And there were two reasons. One of them was to add the heat as a challenge, as a component. Um, thinking that so many hundred mile races are in the mountains or in areas that aren't flat. And so in addition to the distance, we wanted to throw in another challenge. So the heat's been intentional and it really is a vitally important factor and almost always the reason why somebody doesn't finish. Um, of course, the other reason was 13 years ago, there actually was sort of a, a season and an off-season in the Keys. And after April 30th, things slowed down, hotels were cheaper, and you didn't have as much traffic on the road. But that's no longer the case at all. There's no there's no such thing as off-season down there anymore.
0: Uh, no, we, we came to experience that as our team booked our hotel pretty much last minute in the Keys and uh, we definitely paid the price for that. So next year in preparation for that, we're going to absolutely book early. So I wanted to actually ask you about next year. Hopefully we'll be able to go back to a regular race with Expo and Finish Line Festival. And uh, just to confirm, the next race will be taking place. Is it every third weekend of May? Is that when you have it?
2: Yes, it's always been the third Saturday. So I think it's May 21st next year. Um, And I'm going to make a few changes. We learned a lot this year, actually, and there'll be a few changes that I can, um, one or two I can tell you about. So I I need to have those done before we can actually open registration for next year. But yes, uh, May 21st will be the third Saturday and that no reason not to expect that that'll be the date. Um, Definitely going to return to, the, the, the party at the finish line, the awards program on Sunday, and if, we, if at all possible, the in-person packet pickup on Friday in, in the Key Largo behind the Holiday Inn. Um, we may or may not go back to having full aid stations for uh, the individual runners. Uh, based upon the experience this year, I'm highly inclined to continue to require runners to have their own support crew. The difference in logistics, uh was absolutely extraordinary. It was, it, and the other issue is every year it seems the ability to find volunteers gets harder and harder. So not having full aid stations requires far fewer people. Um instead they're monitoring rather than feeding, if you will. And um it, it we may very well stay with that format. There are a lot of advantages and reasons to do it. And um so we'll get we'll make a final decision here in the next week or two, but that could be the biggest single change that comes from our experience this year.
0: That makes a lot of sense, especially given that everybody's nutritional needs and timing are completely different for a race of that length. Right. So one last question, Bob, given that you are making a few changes to this race, when can we expect registration to open for this year?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we can do it within within the next three or four weeks, and it may be sooner than that. Um, but I want to sh- be sure we get it right. And whenever you make any changes, there's you know then there's a lot to be done as far as the the website and other things is concerned. You want to make sure it's all buttoned up and um, and accurate before you go out and say, okay, we're ready to rock and roll, folks. You you, you need to know what you're telling them, what what it is they're signing up for. So uh, it may take a little longer than usual. So how about two to four weeks? That's that's my best guess and hopefully closer to two lady
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Bob.
2: Well, thank you for being there and for being so enthusiastic about it. I'm glad you had a great time and I look forward to seeing you out there next year.
0: All right, that was it. I hope you guys liked this little piece of information that we received directly from the race director. Myself and my team will be back at the Keys Relay next year. All of you guys should feel welcome to join because it's such a fun race and definitely good memories were made. And with that, Ryan, you've got anything else? Nope. All right. If you have any questions, feel free to email me or send me a message. And with that, you guys have a great week of running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.